This episode of Beer and Bullshit is brought to you by Woodhouse Brewing Company in Toronto. Woodhouse brews the refreshing beers using only choice ingredients and no preservatives. Check out their brew pub in Toronto today and enjoy their newly opened patio. Shitters. Oof, that needs work. Anyway, hello. Welcome to another episode of Beer and Bullshit. I'm your host, Ben Johnson. I hope you're enjoying your Wednesday thus far, if it's early in the morning, uh, and you're one of the hundred or so people listening between midnight and 6 a.m. Uh, what are you doing up? Thanks for listening, but Jesus. Um, good show for you today. A funny one. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the Growler. The Growler is coming back. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Growler is an Ontario beer guide in print. And I love being in print. I don't know why. It's just awesome. And uh, it's largely available at breweries in their tap rooms. It's coming back as a biannual publication. It was previously a quarterly publication. Um, edited by David Ort, who has retired, I believe, to take up sailing full-time. Um, the new editors will be the Beer Sisters, a.k.a. Crystal and Tara Luxmore, have taken over uh, duties at the Growler, and it's coming back in November. And yes, I'm not just talking about it because I like it. My writing will be featured, uh, hopefully, going forward forever in the Growler. Check it out. Um, also, somewhat related... You should uh, buy some some beer. Um, do what you can to support your local craft brewery with delivery. It's about to be another lockdown, it feels like, so it's a good time to stock up. I had, as of late, been buying beer largely from uh, my local LCBO or sometimes the grocery store, and I hadn't done much online ordering. I went kind of crazy early in the pandemic and spent probably way too much money, but... I'm slowly creeping back into online ordering. And in case you've forgotten, uh, virtually every Ontario brewery has a pretty good online ordering experience right now and uh, and delivery. So literally the whole province's beers are at your fingertips right now. Just a reminder, um, I myself loaded up on some goodies from Half Hours on Earth in Seaforth, Ontario. Um, they make excellent beer. I probably don't need to tell you. I'm enjoying a large format um, farmhouse lager right now and I got a couple more delicious beers waiting for me I also reached out to uh, our friends at Sawdust City in Gravenhurst actually asking a question for the article in the growler but found out that uh, Sam's up to some good stuff for the winter so you should uh, check them out they've got uh, Blood of Thulu's returning that is their um, uh, 9.5% I think Imperial Stout with Raspberry cranberry and cherries too i think but they're doing revenge of thulu which will come out in november it's 11.6 percent version of that beer that is aged in uh heaven hill um bourbon barrels they're also doing um another sam and dave that's a collaboration that sam does with dave from eastbound brewing and this year's version is going to be a canned conditioned belgian strong dark christmas ale at 10 percent 
And uh, what else did he tell me? Oh, there's another, there's a coffee, uh, coffee version of Long Dark Voyage and a Belgian Golden Strong. Anyway, uh, that's just one example when I finally managed to get off my ass and do some uh, digging around to see what's available. And remembered, holy shit, there's a lot of good beer in this province and uh, really good stuff coming up for this winter. And I think it might be a tough time for brewers this winter, so do what you can. Um, it never feels better spending money on beer than when you can say you're supporting local business, so get on it, would ya? Also, a big shout-out and thanks to all the listeners that have been reaching out and contacting the show. I'm actually surprised how many people contact the show through uh, beerandbullshit.ca slash contact. Sometimes I think it's the same person fucking with me, but... Uh, I don't think they all are. So thank you. We will get to your questions and comments. Um, probably the next time Chris is here to co-host, we'll dig into those. I really do appreciate the feedback. It's awesome. I'm getting beer recommendations. I'm getting shout outs. I'm getting lots of love for the Ren episode of the show. Everybody loves Ren, of course. Everybody loves Ren. That should be her podcast. If she's listening, Ren, you're welcome. And again, if you are liking what you're hearing, please do go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Um, Those reviews really do help get the show out there in the sea of thousands of podcasts available to people. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at Bullshit Beer, and we're on Instagram at uh, Beer underscore and underscore Bullshit, if you'd like to follow along. But enough of that bullshit. Let's get on with the show. Today on the show, I'm talking with a new brewery owner, uh, Peter Reeves, who is the owner of the about-to-open, already-open, you tell me if you can figure it out, uh, No Worries Brewery. Uh, Here's my interview with Peter. Peter, thanks for being on the show. Good to see you. This is very exciting. Good to see you as well, Ben. Uh, I, I must admit, Peter, I had not heard of your brewery before you reached out uh, to be on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, um, I feel like you are a very established beer writer, and there's probably a reason why you you haven't heard of my brewery. What is that? Are you not uh, presumably not that established? Well, we don't we don't do any kind of advertising. We try not to get on any top ten lists. We try not to have any kind of acclaim because it kind of goes against the thesis of what we think beer should be. Okay, and now I'm starting to understand the no. You're called No Worries Brewery. It yeah. doesn't seem like you you're worrying too much about marketing or advertising. Is that kind of where right. it comes into play? Yeah. Well, I mean. Um, let me tell you a little bit about the origins of where this idea came from. Okay. So I was out with a group of friends and we went to a local pub. I think it was called the fiddle and the firkin and we were all sitting down and we were all going to have a nice night out and the server, very nice, uh, joyful, buoyant, buoyant, effervescent woman came Mm -hmm. up and she was the server and everyone was drinking beer. And I looked at the list of what was on tap. And I had no idea what was happening. And I didn't know what a locker was. I didn't know what a Pilsner was. I don't know what a sour is. And I was deeply mortified by that. All of my friends were experts in beer and I felt kind of like an outsider. And I feel like beer has become far too elite, far too fancy, and no one can understand it. 
Okay. So I thought, wouldn't it be great to have a brewery that wasn't about that? It wasn't about who knows the most about beer, but who knows the least about beer? Oh. How do we make this as accessible as possible? And, and that is kind of the whole mythos of No Worries Brewery. Okay. So you're going after wholly uneducated consumers. I just wonder why, why beer has to be so technical. Because for me, you know, I, I, have, a, I have a daughter uh, who I see sometimes. I get to see her once a year. And some of the things that we do together is art. We do art together. And when I look at her, I go, wow, she's an artist. And isn't beer also that same feeling? It's a kind of art. It comes from your heart. It comes from your soul. You are discovering with the ingredients. There's some of that. But beer's pretty technical, Peter. I mean, the, the reason no. it's complicated is because, oh, no. <laughs> no. So this is, this is what we do at our brewery. We let anyone who's interested in beer come in and brew their own beer. Oh, God. So I know that there are some people who might do that. They do classes. And we, first of all, we are against any kind of education when it comes to beer. So we have all of the ingredients laid out. Uh, and those are just, like, I don't know exactly what normally goes in beer. but I'll just You don't know what goes stuff. into You own a brewery. You don't even know what goes into beer. See, again, I think this is the establishment talk. I'm not I judging. Think. I'm just trying to... Clarity right. for the listeners. Right. Well, this, this, is, this is kind of the feedback I got from the Molson people and the Labatt's people when I told them about their, this idea. Mm-hmm. They said, you don't know the first thing about brewing beer. You don't know what goes into beer. Um, I don't think you should have a brewery. And I said, listen, uh, I have some money that I inherited from my grandmother and I'm going to do with what, what I want. So if you come to the No Worries Brewery, what you'll do is you'll walk into the kitchen. You'll see all the ingredients that you need. It's a kitchen. Kitchen, yeah. Oh, and you you just go to town. It's uh, when I was a child. I'm gonna tell you a quick story here, Ben. Mm-hmm. When I was 11 years old, my mother had a birthday party for me, my 11th birthday, for make your own pizzas. And mm-hmm. man, was that an experience! Your fingers in the dough. You got the cheese and the the tomato sauce, and you, they're all laid out for you. The the pineapple and the ham. And you mm-hmm. just put it all together and you put that in the oven and you go, wow, I made a pizza. Imagine that, but for beer. So Peter, question for you. Yeah. Would anyone have bought that pizza? Would anyone would have bought that pizza? Yeah, because well, it's I mean, fun. I think, you're 11 yeah. year old, throwing stuff in the oven, having fun. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you're mm-hmm. running a business. It's your grandmother's inheritance money. I mean, if you're just in the brewery slash kitchen, throwing stuff together, I'm worried about your end product, Peter. Like, do you know what kind of beers you're making? Mm -hmm. Okay. Beers from the heart. I think you've exposed (laughs) a big problem with the beer industry, right? Which is, once again, this way I hear a lot. It's all about money. It's uh, how much money can we make? Can we pay our rent? Um, Can we make a product that people like? And I feel like that product-oriented thinking creates a bad product. I think at the end of the day, you got to like what you're doing. So I know where you're coming from, but do mm-hmm. you like what you're making? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, here's the thing that I'm thinking about, you know, beer is probably, I'd say a hundred years old. Um, <laughs> and so the people who were first inventing beer, did they have scientists? Did they have, you know, 
uh, yeast manufacturers? No. What they would do is they would take the grain and the, the other things and they would put it into some kind of container and they would let it rot for a while and then they would drink the entrails of the I, rotting. None of this is, none of this is accurate. <laughs> okay, well, I think, I think, I think everyone has their own story and, and this is, this is our story, right? Okay. And so if they could figure it out, if these people, I guess this, they were probably around the time of the Renaissance or something. When these people were- 100 years ago. When these people were making their, their beers, they were figuring it out for the first time. And so right. why can't we return to that kind of childlike joy of, of you know, the, these people living in their huts or whatever, drinking whatever had rotted? Okay. Yeah. So do you actually employ, I'm sorry to make this so capitalist, but I'm mm-hmm. going to try to get away from this, but do you actually employ people or is it a customer experience where they're coming to make their own beer? Uh, either one. If, if you don't feel comfortable, I mean, uh, I'll tell you this right now. Um, I, I had a guest, not a customer. I had a guest who came to the, by the brewery and they had an issue with kitchens. They felt deeply uncomfortable going inside of one. They had had some traumatic experiences. So what we'll do for someone like that is we'll just hop in and say, well, what are your interests? What do you like? And not like what flavors do you like? Cause I don't know how to make that. I don't know what a sour is or a pilsner is. But if you were to say to me, I like surprise, well, I'll make you a beer with a surprise. If you want something that has um, something strong, I can do that for you. So uh, yeah, I just hopped in that kitchen and I whipped something up and um, everyone loves it. They're having a great time. Wow. That sounds mm-hmm. fun. And I like your, I like the spirit of the thing. Can you talk to me about some of, do you, do you name your beers or are the, do your guests naming their own? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we do name the beers. Um, usually we like to name them after people. So if you came into um, the brewery, I might have a Ben Johnson number five. I don't know. Something like that uh, is just an idea. Usually it's the, the person's name and then a number. Oh. Uh, and the number is um, how many tries. So it's like a fun way. And, and we've had some very interesting beers uh, come our way. Um, maybe there's a little person you might know named Ben Malrooney. Oh yeah. Have you heard of this guy? Yeah, yeah. So he has the exact same name as the guy from eTalk Daily, uh, but he made a beer called Ben Mulrooney 55 and it's tasty. It's So, it's so he tasty. stuck with the process through 55 iterations of the Ben Mulrooney beer? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we're perfecting not only a style, but also a story. Cause I, I just want to, I just want to call some things out here, Ben. Like, yeah. like a lot of these terms are thrown around. I know you're a really good writer, but some things there's words that are being used that just don't mean anything. Like a stout is so, not a description of anything, right? It's just a, another way to describe another beer. Right. Um, like nope. there's going to be a stout in a lager. Yeah, no, those are very specific styles of beer that have characteristics that need to be met to meet that style. There's style guidelines and very technical ways to make different styles of beer. Right. I get that you're rejecting that. I can see. I guess that's what I'm trying to say is. I get. I can see on your face you're rejecting that notion. You don't like labels. Like I, I have to wonder why does this have to be so technocratic about beer? (laughs) Because what's a barley? 
Have you ever seen a barley in the wild? Yes. I haven't. Oh, you have. You've <laughs> yeah, seen a sure. barley in the wild. <laughs> yeah. Barley? Yeah, you've seen a barley. I've seen barley, yeah. When I go to the grocery store, if how about this? Let me be clear about this. Okay, okay. If I go to the grocery store, if I go to, I don't know, no frills, Monica's no frills. <laughs> and I say to the 14-year-old boy who's working and cleaning up the aisles and say, can you take me to the barley aisle? What will he say? He'll say, I don't know what you're talking about. And that 14-year-old boy is our intended demographic. Oh, okay. Right? Th these are the people that we want to serve because I don't know what barley is and he doesn't know what barley is. So why are we drinking it? I see. So you want people that don't know, understand, or like beer. Right. Oh, right. And, and maybe aren't even legally allowed to drink it. I don't know. Again, I just feel like there's a lot of rules. And I, I, I'm just wondering why, why is the government trying to keep beer out of certain people's hands? Right. If, if do you mean do you mean minors? Why? Well, I mean, this is the argument that they're going to make. First thing they're going to say is minors shouldn't drink, and then they're going to say uh, people who are too tall shouldn't drink, and then they're going to say, "Oh, well, you're left-handed, you can't drink." Like this is how governments work, right? They find yeah. out how to divide us, and then they divide us that way. It is a slippery slope. I get that. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. I see you are drinking something now. It looks yeah. like a. It kind of looks like a beer. It's. Oh yeah, this is a beer that I've made. Oh wow! Can um, you tell me about that? Sure. Um, we had taco night, and it was delicious. Um, uh, my wife Rosetta loves to mess around in the kitchen, um, and when we were done, you know, tacos never kind of divide evenly. So there's a bunch of scraps. Mm -hmm. And I threw that into a bottle and oh. I left it outside for about 45 days. And when I came back, popped it open. Hmm. And How that's is... it. That's the drink. Wow. That's, so that's just rotted taco leftovers. No, well, it, this is, this is called the fermentation process. Oh, right. Sorry. So Fermented. this is something that, yeah, this is what people don't want you to know. So you can take anything, right. And you put it in a liquid yep. and if you leave it long enough, it becomes beer. Peter, this is the thing. Have, have you ever been to jail? I'm just, this is actually how you make alcohol in prison. I don't know if you knew that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. But you basically described, I mean, they don't usually have tacos, but prison, that's prison wine. I'm not judging yeah. you if, if you've been in jail. I'm Sounds just... like it though, right? I mean, if it's good <laughs> enough for prison, why wouldn't it be good for me, Pete Reeves? And I think, again, this is, this is how the government and the big two, the big two beer, companies yep. keep us out of the market by saying uh, it doesn't taste good. There's little to no alcohol in it. It's unsanitary. It's unsafe. And this is the kind of language that prevents people from uh, exploring brewing, which I think is a God-given right. I think everyone has the right to brew something, mm -hmm. um, whether it's beer or mezcal or whatever you want it to be. Uh, and they can do it without the judgment of people who know what beer tastes like or what beer is made of i gotta say you're making a lot of sense to me i mean you're wincing a lot when you sip that drink is it, are you enjoying that that's that's the thing i don't i don't think i'm entitled to enjoy the things i drink <laughs> and if you come to no worries brewery i ask you to leave that at the door i ask you to leave judgment at the door and i ask you to leave your own sense of taste at the wow door. so even the concept that beer is something that should be enjoyed you're rejecting that i don't think anyone actually enjoys beer to be quite honest <laughs> 
I'm having a beer right now and I'm really liking it. When you, when you were, when you first had your first beer, when you were eight or nine, did you like the taste? I don't think so. Probably no. not. No. So you had to learn to like that taste? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Right. You got so, me again. I guess I could learn to like the taco, fermented taco leftovers. And hmm. it, there's some beers that we make at the No Worries Brewery, which taste horrific. I'm going to be honest with you. There, there has been tastes that I can't get out of my mouth. And when I encounter that experience, what I say to myself is, why won't I give it the time to love this beer? And if I just give it enough shots, I'll learn to love it. Right. Right. Kind of, this is kind of how I felt about my arranged marriage where at first I I felt like things with Rosetta weren't going to work. She was 25 years older than me. Uh, We spoke very little of the same language and I just felt like I should do something else, but, but giving it enough time to let it settle created a relate a relationship, but more importantly, a friendship. Oh, I like that. I've never heard that. I've never heard that analogy of uh, enjoying something like a, like an arranged marriage. So that's, you're an enlightened cat. I'm not going to lie to you. That's very kind. Yeah. And I, I guess I, I want to know why, why are there forces conspiring to keep beer out of the common people's mouths? <laughs> well, I, you know what? You've opened my eyes to the fact that that's even happening. I mean, I thought beer is a pretty common beverage and I thought it was pretty accessible, I mean, Ontario does have some pretty archaic liquor legislation, so it's not as accessible as it could be. But you've changed my way of thinking about how how much more accessible beer could be if we simply let go of what we think of as beer Mm -hmm. and just started fermenting things and calling that beer. I think there is there is a kind of um, fresh food movement where they were saying, let's find the food that's 60 kilometers away from us and let's let's cook with those foods. And I feel that way about beer where hmm. people are importing all of these foreign ingredients. Like you, you mentioned the wheat and the barley, which apparently are normal, but there's other things like hops, mm-hmm. um, yeast, that kind of stuff. And I feel like, like what, let's just, how about this? How about the, how about the 60 steps rule? What are the things in your kitchen that you can make beer out of? That's uh, interesting to me. Wow. Look at that. So I'm in my kitchen right now. Yep. You see this here? vermicelli noodles this is a old el paso fajita kit Uh so even even the cardboard could go into the beer if you wanted to um this is great this i use this all the time um this is sherry cooking wine okay there you go if i want to get a nice uh a really nice flavor to the beer i will use mostly this right and you get really drunk not all the beers I, i make you get drunk off of, but when I use this, I get good alcohol content. So that makes sense. And this is the key. This is the key thing, Ben. That? Water. Water, and that's that is ninety percent of every beer I make. Uh, well, that you do have in common with our traditional understanding of beer, I will say. Right. Folks, are you like me? Do you like supporting independent breweries? Yeah, you do. What better independent brewery to support right now than the Indy Ale House? Indy is right in the name, so you know they're independent. They're located in Toronto. Uh, their brew pub is in the Junction, and they have a brewery in Italy in the Manulife Center as well. Of course, these are weird times for going out. Maybe you're not ready. Maybe you don't even live in Toronto. That's okay. 
you can still try the delicious beers that they're making at the Indie Ale House because they made it easy. Beer to your door, ordered from the comfort and safety of your own home. That's my favorite way to order things. You got free delivery anywhere in Toronto if you order 12 beers or more and a flat rate anywhere else in Ontario. Why not order a Stay Home Pale Ale? One dollar from every can of Stay Home purchased will be donated to the fund that supports their employees that have been temporarily laid off due to COVID-19. Check them out at IndieAleHouse.com. So, uh, I don't again. I, I don't want to say sell, but where, do you sell your beer somewhere, or do people have to come to your? I'm starting to feel like you, the kitchen you're in is No Worries Brewery. Are you just making this from your home? Is that? That's an apt observation. So I consider No Worries Brewery to be the space that I'm currently in. Wherever you happen to be. Where I walk, uh, I would say there's there's probably 20 meters around me, a bubble, which is the No Worries Brewery. Okay. Um, I've been I have been trying to sell my beer. Oh. Uh, I've been trying to get Belmont Rooney 55 into the beer store, <laughs> and I've called up the beer store, and they don't want to talk to me. And I think that's, that's telling of what <laughs> the beer conglomerates are trying to do. Cause it, it is a kind of monopoly, right? So um, if the beer store wants to prove that they're not a monopoly, let Ben Mulroney 55 go in every beer store. So right? usually the beer store is pretty open to anyone who wants to pay their listing fees. So, can I ask if you had a pitch and, and because let's not rule out your other options. Cause you, maybe you got an LCBO listing possible, but maybe if we okay. can, I, I'm, I'm pretty astute with uh, beer marketing. So mm -hmm. if you want to maybe give me your pitch, I could, we could work on that. And maybe when you approach the LCBO, you have more. Yeah, success. You said it twice. Can you just circle back? I'm not really sure. What do you mean by the LCBO? Oh, the liquor, liquor control board of Ontario. That's okay. the problem. The province is write that down. Okay. You really That's don't good. know much about alcohol. Okay. So this is a, there's a series of stores in Ontario run and operated by the government. And again, what? the government yeah. runs liquor stores. Oh, I lost you. I lost you. as soon as I said that, didn't I? That's crazy. Why would a country do that? P Peter, where, where are you? Uh, I, I actually am, I'm in Toronto. Uh, <laughs> you can't uh, be more than a few kilometers from an LCBO then, Peter. This... Well, I, I haven't, I, I was in a nasty bicycle accident about eight months ago. Is that and so there, where the scar is? I, I didn't want to say anything, but you brought it yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's, it's not rude to bring it up. Okay. In fact, um, if you've, you've ever had Peter's scar 35, I made a beer about the experience. So I, I'm open to it. I'm, I'm open to people drinking my story. No problem. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, I guess as I'm coming back to consciousness and society, there's just some things that I'm just a bit confused by. Like, for example, what you mentioned with the, the LBEO, uh, these stores, it just seems, it seems interesting to me that the government would sell us something that they also tax because they think it's poison. It's yep. like the government admitting that they want to make money off selling poison. It's a good point. And you know what? You're kind of, you're coming to this with fresh eyes. It's unfortunate that it had to be via, you know, a disfiguring accident. And again, I'm sorry to mention the scar, but it's quite off-putting, but at least you're coming around to seeing things in a new light. So mm -hmm. I'm starting to understand why 
you're making liquids with cardboard and cooking sherry though i i think i'm starting to get it are you okay because beer can be anything yeah no i'm good i just um sometimes i um i'll just close my eyes for a sec and um sleep for 30 seconds but um yeah i i feel like um i feel like this is something that we have to have a conversation about where we're not so uptight right uptight yep that's meant to be an asshole um (laughs) an audio medium but i see the little asshole you're making with your hand yeah so sorry i I had uh, I had put my fingers really tight and created a small little crevasse here, yep. and I was just pointing to this for you, Ben, um, <laughs> because I feel like this is what we're doing with beer, right? Um, you know, I think we do this a lot with a lot of different sectors. We do this with fine fine dining, right? We we create a kind of culture that is inaccessible. Um, we do this with art, and we also do this with nuclear power and nuclear production, and wow. I feel like. I feel like for the most part, this is a way of creating barriers or obstacles. So normal people can't have access to these hobbies, these fun things. So you, not to get too off topic, but you think people should be attempting to make their own nuclear energy. I mean, uh, I don't understand. Like, like whoever put uranium in the ground, they wanted us to have it, right? They wanted us to do stuff with it. They didn't want it to rot in the ground forever. They wanted us to, you know, explore and so why, why, who gets to pick, who gets to, to play with the uranium? Who gets to choose who gets to have a rifle, right? I think everyone should have one. Really? That's fun. That's fun to me. Oh. I personally don't have one because I, I find the mechanisms too complicated to, to work. Mm-hmm. But I think if you want one, you should have one. Um, I, I think these limitations... Uh, that are put upon us by the government are just to hold us back. I recently saw a film, and I don't know if you've seen this one, um, called The Matrix. This is an older film, and it's about a man, a very weak man, very sad, weak man, who doesn't like his life, and uh-huh. decides that he's gonna go inside of a computer for a bit. This is like you're reading the back of the DVD. This, this plot synopsis is bang on. I have seen it. Well, for the record. Okay, when he, I'll just explain more in case you forgot some of the important okay. parts. Because he goes inside the computer and he goes, huh, this isn't society. This is a computer program. And then he starts breaking the rules. Now, all the people who aren't awake, they all go, this guy's, this guy's crazy. This guy's nuts. He can't do that. And then he flies in the air and he looks at the world and he sees a bunch of numbers. I got confused at the last part. Yeah, you, but, you lost it a bit. It's okay. But, but I think the point of this is you are only um, insane if you're wrong about what you think. If you're right in what you think, no matter how different you are, you can fly. And I think this is the opportunity for us to look at different ways of building a society and building... Uh, and, and figuring out the rules. Because mm. last time I, I checked, I didn't vote to on these health laws that are at the beers, at beer manufacturers and breweries. Right. I didn't. I didn't vote for that. <laughs> That's fascism, Ben. Okay. Okay. I'm, I mean, as we try not to get too political on this show. I get where you're coming from. Right. Uh, but it's. It, I'm living in a prison. These these liquor laws 
have made the entire world a prison for me because if I do what I love, which is making beer without any training or understanding of how beer works, or even a passion for beer, like I don't particularly like beer. The idea that I can't make beer, and if I do, and someone gets sick or dies from it, I go to jail, seems incredibly unfair to me. Huh. I would say it's a matter of public safety, and I'm actually f- for it. I mean, I, I don't think, and if you're selling people a, a bag or a bucket of fermented table scraps, I think you should maybe be accountable if they get sick. Wouldn't you rather people have a quality, I don't want to say product, because I can see it, you're not going to like that, but it's something that you... Yes, you bristle when I say product. Um, something that they're going to enjoy. Would you like to know that they're not going to get sick? So like that's pretty. You've done something which I think a lot of media does, <laughs> right? Because you're, I consider you to be part of the the major media conglomerate. I'm in the top um, five. You've you've slipped in a premise that I didn't agree to. You said the first thing you said was this is about public safety. And I go, oh, that's interesting. Oh, Ben thinks we're entitled to be safe. Okay. He thinks that everybody deserves to have safety. Well, guess what? A thunderstorm doesn't agree to public safety, right? An earthquake doesn't agree to public safety. And you're not out there with your handcuffs trying to arrest nature. But when someone comes in who is exploring something that's new and different and interesting, like, like uh, uh, the, the man who made penicillin, Mr. Penicillin, whoever the guy was. Yeah. It's very possible that however he made penicillin, it could have instead created a plague that killed everyone on the earth. I mean, I guess that was possible outcome, but not right. probable. I think he had an understanding. Not, not probable now, see, because he did it and you go, oh, Mr. Penicillin, He's, he's great, but if he had made the plight to kill everyone, you go, that guy's crazy. He was crazy to do that. And so this is about perspective, right? Uh, he needs to explore that. So we have penicillin and now everyone can have penicillin and everyone has, everyone should have a tablet of penicillin every day. Wake up in the morning, pop your penicillin and protect you from the COVID virus. Hmm. These are the kinds of things that, that taking risks have paid off for us in a huge way. So keeping up that theme, what, mm-hmm. what do you, how do you hope this will pay off for you? I mean, I, I don't think you're hoping to create a cure for anything, or maybe you are, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. What, what, what would you hope that No Worries Brewery will add to the world? I'm not looking for money, that's for sure. Okay. I'm not looking for people to show up to my door and go, Mr. Miyagi, Mr. Miyagi, teach me how to do this. That's for sure. Okay. Um, Why would they call you Mr. Miyagi? Have you seen the movie Karate Kid? Yeah. Yeah, so he trains a bunch of people how to do karate. <laughs> okay. Oh, you mean people will show up and t- ask you to teach them how to make beer? Stuff like that. I understand. I think the only thing that I'm looking for is a economic, political, and philosophical revolution. I think... <laughs> that's it. I think I, w- I just want to change... Yeah, that's it. I just want to change the way people think, people buy, and people exist... And I think the best way to do that is by people making their own beer. Wow. And, and and there are people who are out to get me. I'm going to tell you right now, Ben. There are people who are after me. Really? Um, I've had I've had a bunch of people, yeah, I've had a bunch of plants come to my brewery. And they say, well, I, I, I came to have a beer. 
he took me back to the kitchen. He put a bunch of stuff into a can and it wasn't enough time to ferment. And it was just garbage. You made me drink. Wait a minute. Garbage water. Okay. Someone came to your brewery. Many people. Okay. And they, they'll put items into a can, regular household items. Whatever they want. Whatever they want to put, make their beer out of. And add water. Yeah. And make you drink it. And those are the plants that are trying to poison you. Now, that sounds exactly like the premise of how you said you make your beer. Right. No, 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 no. That's how we make the beer. Okay. But the reviews, the constant reviews, the constant tweets, the constant phone calls, the constant complaints. Uh-huh. Like, I think that's the most damaging stuff. We're saying like people like you, I had one reviewer come and they'll never come again. I'll never let a reviewer come to my brewery again. And they said, um, you can't ferment things in 30 minutes. You, I mean, you need multiple days to ferment. And I say, oh yeah, well then what is everyone drinking? If, if, you, if you can't ferment things in 30 minutes, then what are these 300 people, <clears throat> what are these 300 people drinking right now? I mean, I think fermentation is a, is a process that takes time. I don't think that there, it, it does. Right, it could. It does. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to be argumentative, but I mean, certain scientific facts are proven. I mean, if you leave something out longer, it will ferment and rot. It just Right. That's fine. But you're assuming that all of the, the fermenters, the things that, that make fermentation happen are all equal power. And if you, sure. if you get stronger fermenters, really powerful ones, well, instead of doing it in four days, you can do it in 30 minutes. So. Okay. Like this, this is actually true though, right? I have a, I had two cleaning ladies and the first cleaning lady, cleaning lady, she'd come to my house and she would clean four hours at a time and she did a good job. It took a long time, very slow. She was very old, but then I had another cleaning lady and she would clean everything, baseboards, ceilings, 30 minutes. I paid her a lot of money, but she could do it because she was a gun of cleaning. And so I think we can also think about that with fermentation as well. I have so many questions, uh, not the least of which is why, why did yeah. you have two, two cleaning ladies? But we don't have to go there tonight if you don't want to get into your personal life. Everything in my life, I, I always make it a competition. I like to see who's the best. And so <laughs> I uh, like that. I, I play them against each other and say, who wants the job, right? So um, that's, that's a fun game that we can play sometimes. Were they both in the house at the same time? No, that would be... That would be disrespectful. I guess. <laughs> yeah, to their process. Yeah, yeah. So we talked a little bit about the haters, and you know what? A, a new brewery is going to have those, uh, regardless of their oh, yeah. backgrounds in fermentation or not. Can we talk about some of the? Hopefully, you've had some positive reviews, or some some people are liking what you're oh. you know putting out in the world. Yes, yes. Have we? What are the kind of reviews we're getting? I didn't know this could be done. I can't believe we're doing this. This is so crazy. Um, you know, lots of people just reevaluating. Are they allowed to be in this space? Are they allowed to be drinking at the age that they're at? Um, how, how it's so easy and they don't need any science to do this. That's the kind of feedback I'm hearing. Right. Nice. And that's, that's, that's coming from my close family. And those would be the people who would tell me the truth. 
right? right? Your family will tell you the truth first. Right. So, yeah, I mean, the haters may think you're essentially putting garbage in water in a can and making miners drink it in your kitchen, but you know that they like what they're getting. So you keep at it. I mean, I think, how to describe it? You said make miners drink it in my kitchen. Did I say make? I'm sorry. I'm sure they're there voluntarily. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Just people choose to partake. So here's a question where can people try your products anywhere outside your kitchen? I'm thinking, I mean, if this movement picks up steam, would you ever see yourself offering your beverages to bars and restaurants, for example? So can they try it outside of my kitchen? And the answer is yes, you can try it in your kitchen. That's how I got started, right? I got started by seeing what's here and how can I combine it into a drink? Um, I think bars and restaurants should do it, but I don't think I should be in charge. I think if you are working at a bar, if you're a server or a bartender, why not try this out? Find some stuff, find whatever you have around you, water, crumbs, maybe you have hops. I'm joking, no one has hops. <laughs> um, uh, put it into a container, shake it around, leave it for 30 minutes. 30 uh, minutes, you can, this is shockingly yeah. fast. Wow. Yeah, it is, it is fast and it's also really fun. And, and the next time a patron or shill, whatever you call them in the, the, the food industry, uh, orders a Labatt 50, go, sure, go bring them your drink and put it in front of them. And at first they're going to go, what's this? But I guarantee you, 10 out of 10 times, after the, the, the sticker shock, they're going to go, what was this? This was delicious. 10 out I of 10? 10 out of 10, you think? 10 out of 10 times. Unless, unless um, the big two or the beer store mm-hmm. is out to get you, and unless they find out what you've been doing, uh, I will guarantee that they will like the garbage water better than any Labatt or Molson's product. Or any product. I don't know if other if there's other companies making beers other than Molson's and Labatt. Oh, but... yeah, lots. Hundreds. What? Hundreds of small breweries in Ontario. A lot of them are making things with hops growing right here in the province. I know you don't think hops are real, but there, there's a lot of people doing... A lot of the things you're saying are happening in the Ontario beer industry. And there's a lot of guys getting into it with little to no knowledge. So you're not even that fresh on that. Are you okay? I'm sorry. Is this painful to hear? There's a hundred. Oh, there's, a, there's, there's a couple hundred. Oh, fuck. I thought there was just the two big guys. Uh, there's... No, no. But you're, I'm telling you, what you're offering, and I was interested to hear that you are encouraging people to do this themselves at home without you even being involved. That is a brand new angle for me. So I don't want to put you on the spot, but like, interested listeners who are loving what you're putting down and want to try Mm -hmm. it out. Mm -hmm. Can you fire off a couple of quick recipes? Maybe you're just getting started. Mm -hmm. Some of the common things you could find around the house, or if you're working at a restaurant and you're Mm -hmm. grabbing things off a shelf, Mm -hmm. a couple of no worries beers, no worries beers. Yeah. So um, what are some things that, that we like to do right now? It is autumn, which means a lot of different seasonal, ingredients that we can put in there. Here's what I like to do. And this is what I call, maybe I'll call it the Ben Johnson special. I don't know. Take, take an old November 1st, you get into your car, 
you roll around town, you find some old jack-o'-lanterns just sitting on the stoop. No one wants them anymore. You go grab those, you bring those home. Guess what? You got two things. You got a base and you also got a container, which is awesome. Then I'm going to find some Reese peanut butter cups. I hate them as a candy. I'm going to put them into the pumpkin. That'll, that'll be interesting. Get rid of it. Let the fermenters take care of that stuff. Um, I'll also put a little bit of beer in there. I think that actually oh. helps a lot if you put beer in there. So whatever beer I can find, I'll just put in there. Um, and then some cooking cherry, some uh, breadcrumbs, because we know yeast is a big part of this. Um, yeah, and then, and then just kind of, sometimes I'll just close my eyes and reach into the cupboard and ram jam some stuff in there. Um, nice. I, I once put a whole Italian sausage in there. Wow. Raw, and that was wild, and that was really fun. Um, that, that, I, sometimes if I have old medicines, I'll pop it in there and see if that does anything. Uh, it's, it is literally fun. You're like, this I, I does just, sound fun. I'm, I am, I'm excited about this actually, because I tell you what, as I've been writing about beer for a long time. Yeah. I, I don't know the first thing about making it. I've been to a couple of collaboration brews. I don't know what they're doing. They tell yeah. me to put stuff in, but like this, this I can do. I, I, I understand this. Ben, I'm going to ask you too. Those guys don't know what they're doing either. They just want to look cool. Wow. Nobody knows how to brew beer. I mean, you've got a good business model here. And again, I know you're not in for the money, but uh, if you no. can monetize yeah. this thing, I don't know, you could get your philosophy and your beers out to more people. Because I don't want to give anyone a recipe. I just want to give them permission. Wow. I just want them to know that they have permission to be a human and to live and to try and very rarely fail in making beer. Well, that's pretty profound, Peter. Thank you. I'm glad. I, honestly, when you reached out to me, I wasn't sure where we were going to go tonight, but I got to say, I learned a lot tonight. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Um, yeah, I've just been working really hard to try and get into you know the media. And um, this has been huge. I mean, I know... I know with your distribution, your network, this is going to blow up. Yeah. Uh, so is there somewhere people can find you? If I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be a media storm following this and people are going to mm -hmm. want to get in touch with you. Mm -hmm. Are you on mm -hmm. Instagram or? No, you can just, you can just uh, call my home line 416-432-9268. Um, that's a landline so that will, that's available 24 hours. Uh, and this is going to sound a little bit weird, but um, dreams. This is another option. Um, think about me or think about our conversations before you go to bed. Okay. And um, I've been reached out to before about that. Hmm. And I've connected with people via dreams. And it's been really interesting and a, a really interesting way to uh, cut through some of the white noise that's out there with um, social media and all the rest of the internet stuff. So. Wow. Okay. So if people want to learn more about No Worries Brewery, you've got his home phone number there. Well, we're going to broadcast that. And uh, if you're just drifting off to sleep, just think about him and you can connect via dream. Thanks, That's Peter. Really cool. This has been awesome. And best of luck. And uh, I hope you don't kill Thanks, anyone. Man. What? No, nothing. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure and wash your hands.